Friends, good morning. Welcome. It's good to see you. It's good to be with you. This is the message portion of the service when we open the scriptures and uh, read them and interpret them for each other and listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. And uh, since, you know, you're there and I'm here and you got nothing else to do and neither do I, I I brought a really long message, two hours, three hours. Uh, You got all day, right? Just kidding. So uh, here we go. 20 minutes, 20 minutes. Turn in your Bible. If you have your Bible, open it up to Matthew 7, and we're going to read verses 7 through 11. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Jesus said, Ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. For everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you? who, if your child asks for bread, will give a stone, or if the child asks for a fish, will give a snake. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? May God add his blessing to the reading and the understanding and the doing of his holy word. Amen. Amen. So, uh, friends, have you noticed anything going on in the news lately? Anything at all? Uh, yeah, right, this coronavirus, and it's, it's scary, and it's wild, and uh, over 100,000 cases uh, going on in the world uh, as of this week. It's very serious, it's concerning to us. Uh, there's a lot of hysteria out there, I want to acknowledge that. Uh, I want to suggest to you we don't have to be afraid, uh, but we should be smart, and so one of the smart things we're trying to do is social distancing. Maybe you know that the virus doesn't necessarily show symptoms uh, for several days, meaning a person can be contagious without knowing it. Uh, also, these, the virus seems to have a significantly higher mortality rate among older people and among people with a compromised immune system. And so we are meeting today online instead of in person. Uh, lots of places are closing, right? Universities and even Broadway, even Walt Disney World. Uh, most depressing cancellation, of course, is March Madness. Oh my gosh, I was distraught when I got that news. No college basketball. So let me try to illustrate, if I can, uh, the effect that this is having on us as basketball fans. It's serious. Uh, Here's how it looks when uh, we heard that the NBA was going to suspend its season, and then we thought, okay, well, you know, that's all right. I've still got college basketball. And then here's how we looked when we realized that the ACC tournament was being canceled. And we thought, oh, that's okay. I've still got the NCAA tournament. And then here's how we looked when uh, we realized that there is no March Madness this year. Lord, have mercy on us. And yes, UVA fans, uh, thank you for pointing out that this makes you the reigning champs for yet another year. We are all so happy for you. Okay, friends, so today, the third Sunday of Lent is where we are. We've been in this series called We Need to Talk, and it's been a good series so far. We've been exploring the importance of having hard conversations with each other. And one of the things we know about having hard conversations is that they take our full and our complete attention which is hard right now given the concerns that are happening all around us. So what we're going to do is we're going to come back to that sermon series later, and for today we're going to focus on what's going on right here and right now. 
And so one of the questions we might have is, is there a good word for us? Is there some insight in the scriptures where God is giving a good word to us about the coronavirus? And in fact, there is. There is. God always has a good word for us, especially when we're afraid or when we're doubting or when we're uncertain. So look with me at the book of James, chapter 4, verse 8. James, chapter 4, verse 8 says this, Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. Now, I told you, friends, God always has a good word for his people. So here's the good word for today. The two best things that we can do about our current situation. Number one, wash your hands. And number two, come near to God. Wash your hands and come near to God. And so our series for the remainder of Lent is called Closer. Closer. James 4.8 is an invitation, friends, for you to come closer to God. And the promise is, if you come near to God, God will come near to you. If you come near to God, God will come near to you. Uh, This is important right now especially, right, because we're supposed to have social distancing. We're supposed to put ourselves away from other people. What a good time for us to come closer to God, even as we need to have some distance from other people. The best way that we can come close to God is through prayer, through prayer. The coronavirus is a reminder, friends, that in lots of ways we're powerless, right? There's so much that we just can't do. There's so much we cannot control. Uh, We can't keep everyone from getting sick. Uh, We can't control how other people respond to this hysteria. We can't keep other people from buying up all the toilet paper at the grocery. Uh, But there's one thing we can do. We can pray. We can pray. And so we're going to talk together today and during the rest of the series about prayer. Now, Jesus talked in the Sermon on the Mount about a lot of things. Uh, and we're, that's where we're reading from in Matthew 7. Uh, so the, the Sermon on the Mount is Matthew 5 through 7. And Jesus talked in that sermon, the most important sermon ever, about what does it mean to be a disciple. What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? Jesus said disciples are blessed, especially the meek and the persecuted and those who mourn. He said disciples are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. He said disciples are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Disciples live up to an incredibly high standard. Not only do they not murder, disciples are not supposed to even hold on to anger. Not only do disciples not commit adultery, they're not even supposed to look at other people with lust in their hearts. Disciples live up to a high standard of discipleship. They love their enemies, they fast, they give to the needy. Disciples do not judge others, they do not brag, and they do not worry. How about that? Jesus said disciples do not worry. Now, that might feel to us like it's impossible, right? Especially today, especially in this season of our lives. How are we supposed to live up to this incredibly high standard? Now, Jesus knew that you were going to ask that question. Jesus knew that we were going to ask. And so here's his solution in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 8. Look at this with me. Ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. The way to succeed in the Christian life, friends, the way to have peace And let go of worry is to ask God for help. 
Ask God for help. Jesus said, if you ask for it, it will be given to you. Your heavenly Father wants to give you good gifts. And we might say, gosh, you know, I prayed uh, for a Porsche, but I'm still driving a Chevy. Right? Can I tell you something? God wants to give you better gifts than a Porsche. God wants to give you something even better than that, like a life without worry. Like a life that is full of blessing and of joy and of peace. Come on, we, we could use some peace right now, couldn't we? Yeah, I know I could. And so Jesus is inviting you to ask for it. He's inviting you to ask for it. Ask and it will be given to you. Search and you'll find it. Knock and the door will be opened. It's amazing to me, friends, that Jesus is speaking so directly to something that you and I struggle with, and yet here we are 2,000 years after he preached this sermon. I think there's one thing that we lack in our prayers, and Jesus is speaking to it in the Sermon on the Mount. There's one thing that we lack in our prayers more than anything else. There is a sense of inadequacy, uh, even among some of the most committed disciples that I know. uh, We feel unprepared. We feel ineffective in our prayers. In fact, in fact, if you want to make a Christian feel bad, you know how you do that? Make a Christian feel bad, all you have to do is ask, how's your prayer life, right? How's your prayer life? And the answer is, oh, no, not as good as I would like. Not as good as I would like. So the one thing that we lack more than anything else when it comes to our prayers, do you know what it is? Confidence. We lack confidence, don't we? Ask yourself, are you lacking confidence? I know some days I am. We lack confidence in our ability to pray. We lack confidence in in understanding what we can accomplish through prayer. And so Jesus is teaching us, have confidence in God. Have confidence in God. Look, he said, if you ask for it, your heavenly Father will give it to you. It's not complicated. Would you trust God to take care of you? And then Jesus gives this example. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for bread, will give a stone? Or if the child asks for a fish, will give a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And notice, it's not a question, right? It's an exclamation. He will give good things to those who ask. Have you ever noticed how children have no problem asking their parents for what they need? You ever notice that? Why is that, friends? It's because 100% of the time, the parents come through and give the children what they need. You as parents, you have demonstrated yourselves as trustworthy for your kids. You as grandparents have demonstrated yourself as trustworthy to your grandkids. Now, you don't give them everything they want all the time, right? But you always give them exactly what they need. And so Jesus is saying, look, reason with me here. If you who are evil, if you who are sinful parents are able to give your kids what they need, then imagine what God can do because God is not evil. God is good. And so if you who are sinful can give good gifts to your children, imagine what God who is good can do for his children, for everyone who asks for his help. Children ask their parents for what they need with complete confidence because their parents are trustworthy. And you know something? Children of God ask their Heavenly Father for what they need with complete confidence because God is trustworthy. 
Because your heavenly Father is trustworthy. Friends, here is the point of the sermon today, okay? Memorize it. Here it is. You can pray with confidence because God is trustworthy. You can pray with confidence because God is trustworthy. Be confident in God's faithfulness. Yes, life is uncertain, right? The coronavirus is scary. People will let you down. Circumstances will change. Life will be up and it will be down. But God is faithful. God is trustworthy. And you, you are a child of God. You are a child of the Most High with all the privileges that come with being a child of God, most especially direct access to your Heavenly Father which means you don't need to inform God about your life. You know, he already knows. And you don't need to persuade God uh, because he already loves you. All you have to do is be his child. All you have to do is be his beloved daughter or son. Be in relationship with him. Be dependent on him. Friends, the picture here is of a God who is near to you, of a God who is interested in you of a God who cares about you, who invites you to come closer, to come closer to him, to come with complete and total confidence that you can talk to your heavenly father anytime, anywhere, about anything. Take a moment right now. Take a moment right now and think about all the ways that God has provided for you in your life. Okay, I can't tell you what they are, but I can suggest some. And I bet if you start making a list in your head right now, it's going to be a long list. Think about all the ways that God has proven himself trustworthy for you. Your health, your job, your home, food to eat, income, a family who loves you, friends, a a neighborhood, a church, a community, and on and on and on, right? The list of blessings from God is long. It is so long because God loves you and God is faithful always, always, always. Over and over again, God proves his faithfulness, friends. You can pray with confidence because God is trustworthy. You can pray with confidence because God is trustworthy. So my encouragement to you today is Don't wait until everything is just right in your life before you begin to pray. You know, what I've noticed is uh, some of us were the high achiever types and, uh, you know, we're perfectionists. And so we might feel like we need to get everything situated first before we can start praying. We say, well, you know, my life needs some fine tuning, you know, or or I need to, to learn more of the Bible first, right? Or I need to have purer motives in my heart. Nonsense nonsense just pray right just pray it is nothing more complicated than a child asking her father for bread right that's what prayer is friends a child asking her father for bread the truth is we all come to god with the tangled mess of motives don't we Uh, we are at once altruistic and selfish we are at once merciful and hateful We are at once loving and bitter. But do you know, God is big enough to handle all that. God is big enough to handle all of that. There is nothing that you can say that will surprise him. There is nothing that you can do that will make him stop loving you. Think about it like this. 
When a child draws a picture, right, and gives it to his mother, his mother does not say, oh, look at this. This is no good. You know, you colored outside the lines, right? Mom doesn't say that. Mom says, oh, this is wonderful. This is beautiful. And then she hangs it up on the refrigerator for everyone to see it. Okay? Children don't worry about drawing bad pictures. You should not worry about praying bad prayers. There is no need to pretend that you are holier than you are. There's no need to pretend that your heart is purer than it actually is. Come as you are. Come as you are. Come near to your heavenly Father, and he will come near to you. Now, friends, children instinctively know this, don't they? Kids get it, and so they come to God with open and trusting hearts. And so some of my favorite prayers, therefore, are kids' prayers. And I found a few this week I want to share with you uh, because they just delighted my heart so much. These are prayers by kids. Dear God, I went to this wedding, and they kissed right in church. Is that okay with you? Lord, thank you for the baby brother, but what I prayed for was a puppy. Dear God, I bet it's very hard for you to love all of everybody in the whole world. There are only four people in our family, and I can hardly ever do it. Jesus, please put another holiday in there between Christmas and Easter. There's nothing good in there now. God, if you watch in church on Sunday, I'll show you my new shoes. (laughs) Dear Lord, this this is my favorite one. Dear Lord, Please send Jeremiah Clark to a different summer camp this year. (laughs) Oh, and here's the last one. God, I want to be just like my daddy when I get big, but not with so much hair all over. (laughs) Friends, let me me finish uh, by sharing a couple of ways that you can pray, all right? People are always wondering about the how. How do I start? How do I pray? Okay, so here is one. Uh, think of concentric circles, okay? So uh, circles that, that are small, start smaller and get bigger as you go out. You, your life is at the center of this, okay? So the center of, of the circles is where you are right now in your life, in your situation, your location, in your relationships, okay? Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Ask God to bless you. Ask God to forgive your sins. Start with where you are right now in that center and then move out from there. And as you go to the next circle around that, pray for the people who are close to you. Pray for your family. Pray for your friends and and for your neighbors and for your coworkers. And then go a little wider from there and pray for the people in your community. Pray for Timberlake Church. Pray for the people around Lynchburg. And then as you go farther and farther out in the circles, pray for the people of Virginia. And pray for our country and for our leaders. Pray for our president. And pray finally, friends, for the whole world, that God's will would be done, that God would bring healing and peace to the whole world. Pray the circle. Start at the center and work out from your life into the world. Friends, you can pray the Psalms. You can pray the Psalms. Open the Old Testament and look in the Psalms, and you will find a prayer for every occasion and for every mood. It's right near the center of your Bible. Okay, see, right there it is, the Psalms. Uh, There's a prayer for every mood. There's a prayer for every occasion. Uh, There's a prayer for grief and for joy. There's a prayer for frustration and for thanksgiving. There's a prayer for despair, a prayer for hope. Pray through the Psalms. You might also consider using another resource. Uh, One of my favorites is a book 
by a spiritual teacher. His name is Richard Foster. His book is called Prayer. Very simply, it's called Prayer. The subtitle is Finding the Heart's True Home. And so I recommend it to you as a way to encourage you, teach you how to pray. It's so good. Some of you have asked me, uh, should I set aside a time each day that I can pray? And the answer is yes, absolutely. That's, that's a really good habit. Quiet time with God is always good. Maybe it's first thing in the morning. Maybe it's the last thing at night before you go to bed. Maybe it's at lunchtime. Whatever works for you. But keep this in mind. Just like you wouldn't limit conversation with your best friend, right, to just some 30-minute window. We can only talk during these 30 minutes. You wouldn't limit your conversation with God, right? Prayer can be an ongoing conversation in which you are talking to God throughout each day of your life. On Wednesday at my life group, uh, one of our life group members, Gary Johnson, was telling us about one of his mentors, a guy he knew named Frank. And Frank, Gary said, was one of the most spirit-filled people that Gary had ever known. And he told us about that Frank had this habit And Frank would be driving along in his car, and when he's driving along in his car, he made sure there was nothing ever in the passenger seat next to him. So if he had something in the car like books or groceries, it was always in the back seat for that stuff. And the passenger seat was empty because the passenger seat was for Jesus. And as Frank is driving along in his car, he's talking to Jesus, and he's listening to Jesus. Prayer for Frank was just an ongoing conversation with God throughout the day. Not only did Frank do that when he was all by himself in his car, he also did it when he was out in public. And so Frank would go to a restaurant, and he would sit down at the table, and he would always leave the seat across from him open for Jesus to have that seat. And he would talk to Jesus, just like you talk to your friends. And once in a while, the waiter or other people would give him a weird look, right, and say, what is going on with this guy? Why is he talking to to this invisible person? Uh, And, of course, Frank understood that Jesus wasn't there in the flesh like we think of people but he had a chance then to witness and to tell them about his faith in christ and to know that jesus is always always with you friends i want to encourage you today i want to encourage you to have confidence i want to encourage you you can pray with confidence because god is trustworthy you can pray with confidence because god is trustworthy let's pray right now Almighty God, give us confidence in you. God, as the the things that we sometimes trust in crumble around us, as fear tempts and tries to creep into our hearts and our lives, God, help us to reject fear and to cling to you and to trust with full confidence in your love for us because, God, you are trustworthy, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, friends.